Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Transat Conference Call. Je cède maintenant la parole à Monsieur Christophe Embert, Vice President Affaires Publiques. I would now like to turn the meeting over to Mr. Christophe Embert, Vice President Corporate Affairs. Monsieur Embert, à vous la parole. Please go ahead, Mr. Embert. Merci. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Transat Conference Call for the presentation of the financial results of the first quarter, ended January the 31st, 2021. I'm here with Jean-Marc Eustache, President and CEO, Annick Gerard, COO, and Denis Petrin, CFO. Jean-Marc will provide his comments and observations on the current situation, followed by Annick, who will focus on our operational and commercial plans for the future, before Denis reviews the financial results in more details. We will then answer questions from financial analysts. Questions from journalists will be, handed, will be handled offline. The conference call will be held in English, but questions may be asked in French or English. As usual, our investors' presentation has been updated and is posted on our website in the investors' section. Denis may refer to it as he presents the result. Today's call contains forward-looking statements. There are risks that actual results will differ materially <coughs> from those contemplated by these forward-looking statements. For additional information on such risks, we invite you to consult our filings with the Canadian Securities Commission. The call also contains certain forward-looking statements concerning a transaction involving the acquisition of all the shares of the corporation by Air Canada. These statements are based on certain assumptions deemed reasonable by the corporation, but are subject to certain risks and uncertainties, several of which are outside the control of the corporation, which may cause actual results to vary materially. In particular, the completion of a transaction with Air Canada will be subject to customary closing conditions, including, regula including regulatory approvals, particularly by authorities in the European Union. These approval processes are ongoing, and the details of the transaction with Air Canada will be discussed in a few minutes. Forward-looking statements represent Transat's expectations as at March the 11th, 2021, and accordingly are subject to change after such date. However, we disclaim any intention or obligation to update or revise any forward-looking statements, whether as a result of new information, future events, or otherwise, other than as required by law. Finally, we may refer to IFRS and non-IFRS financial measures. In addition to IFRS financial measures, we are using non-IFRS measures to access the corporation's operational performance. It is likely that, that the non-IFRS financial measures used by the corporation will not be comparable to similar measures reported by other issuers or those used by financial analysts as their measures may, be, may have different definitions. The measures used by the corporation are intended to provide additional information and should not be considered in isolation 
or as a substitute for IFRS financial performance measures. Additional information on non-IFRS financial measures, such as their definition and their re reconciliation with the more comparable IFRS measures, are available in our annual report. With that, let me turn the call over to Jean-Marc for his opening remarks. Jean-Marc. Thank you, Christophe. Good morning, everyone. We are reporting today yet another quarter of pandemic. Restrictions to travel and near zero revenue. At $42 million, revenue is down 94% year on year. Our net adjusted loss is $109 million. And the net loss attributable to shareholders, $61 million. And yet, there seems to be some light at the end of the tunnel. Whether or not the transaction with Air Canada is completed. On the transaction itself, as you know, the outside date has passed on February 15 and has not yet been extended. The agreement lives on, with each party being now able to walk away from the deal at any time as long as the European Commission's approval has not been obtained. The clock on the Commission's investigation has been stopped for a while, but we expect it to restart very soon. And at any rate, a decision will come before the first half of the year is over. So we are fast approaching a resolution, whichever it is. Since the beginning of the transaction, both the board of directors and the management have been very aware of the necessity of keeping ourselves ready to continue on our own. I was again telling you about it during the same call last quarter. Until one year ago, this merely meant keeping our strategic plan on the back burner, ready to reactivate it if necessary. But the pandemic has happened since then, and we have adapted for efforts to an entirely different world. On the operational side, we are constantly constantly updating and fine-tuning a restart plan for a leaner and meaner transat that will be in a position to play its best cards in a post-pandemic world. There is still no certainty as to exactly when and how fast the recovery will happen, but it will. The vaccine is there we can now expect to have it, to have it, the bottom, and start moving upwards again. For months, studies have shown that people were eager to travel as soon as it will be permitted and safe. The UK travel companies have recently seen a sharp rise in bookings the first days after restrictions were eased. A recent CIBC study 
show firstly that the level of cash saving was close to $120 billion, or 20% above the level seen before the crisis. And that the, mean, the main item people who made those savings intended to use them for was travel. As you know, our operations are completely suspended since the government asked us to stop all the flights to the south to support the fight against the pandemic. We will restart when European volume picks up for the summer, which will probably be sometime around mid-June. And we're finalizing our plan to build from there, relying on our strengths and fixing what might have hindered us in the past. Our fleet, recentered around the Airbus 321LR, will be more nimble and efficient. We are working on our network to balance our seasons better than in the past. We are reducing our costs and correcting our inefficiencies. We will preserve the customer friendliness that has made us the best leisure airline in the world. We believe that our niche in the leisure and VFR markets will provide us with some tailwinds. We will rely on our distribution firepower, but both over the internet and through our network of agencies. And the pandemic disaster was yet another opportunity to confirm how strongly our staff is committed to the success of Transat, which will be our best asset for the recovery. On the financing front, we have seen the government engage with us much more over the past weeks, and the leave files have seen a lot of progress. We have been present when the government asked us to stop the operation to help combat, combat the pandemic. And we do believe the government will not let us down. Having extended our short-term $250 million credit facility to the end of June, we are now making good progress in our efforts to obtain the financing we need to get us back to the level of activity where we can sustain ourselves. Lastly, Transaction with Air Canada is still the main option today, and the arrangement agreement still prevents us from having discussion with any other parties. But should the agreement with Air Canada come to an end, we will actively consider all other options. We have heard signal from Quebec that Transat will not let be down, and we have taken note of Mr. Pierre-Carl Pelladeau's proposal and its validity after a potential end 
on the current arrangement agreement. So, there is no need to worry about the plan B. A lot of work is being done in the background. And all of it will come into the foreground if and when the time is right. With that, I will give the floor to Annick. Annick, please. Thank you, Jean-Marc. So I'll tell you a little bit about the standalone plan, which would be deployed, of course, in a scenario where the transaction would not go through. The plan, as described by Jean-Marc, is ready. It is robust, but as long as the transaction is alive, we're not going to communicate too many details at this point. Maybe a word on the resumption of operation, which will be, of course, gradual as a vaccination is deployed and border restrictions are eased. We strongly believe that a uniform coordinated approach to passenger testing for the COVID will be critical to building back consumers' confidence in the safety of travel. We are, uh, at this point, unlikely to feel the positive impact from vaccine distribution until the third quarter of 2021. It will take some time, but we are very confident that demand will return, especially in leisure travel, where we are well positioned, as this is our natural market. In the short term, we expect to restart our operations in mid-June which marks the beginning of summer demand with a season, the spring season, representing a low season in the leisure travel sector. So this is very natural for us not to start before uh, mid-June. At this point, depending on the travel restrictions in place, we plan to operate a modest program for the upcoming summer, focusing on the markets that will be most attractive in the short term namely the domestic, the U.S., a few medium-haul sun destinations, and some key VFR European destinations. For the following season, we will gradually roll out our plans. The crisis of COVID will have allowed us to transform our organization and to accelerate all the changes that were and will be necessary to make our organization more efficient and agile. The priorities of the plan are articulated around key drivers. First, we are in a target market that will rebound strongly. Transat is a leader in the leisure market. And Transat has a strong brand and well-loved brand. We have redesigned our network for the upcoming years to remedy the effects of seasonality that have plagued our results in the past and that have caused significant underutilization of our fleet. A lot of work has been done on that front and we are improving significantly uh, problems that we had in the past. Secondly, our fleet is now moving from four to two aircraft types fully compatible from the Airbus family allowing huge gains in efficiency and operational cost reduction. We are reducing the number of wide-body aircraft within the, flips, the fleet mix with the exit of the 310s and a significant reduction as well in the number of wide-bodies A330s 
and we are letting go of that Boeing 737. We are making room for a much more suitable and efficient aircraft for our network, the A321 Neo Long Range, which spectacular performance, which has a spectacular performance on the long haul. We have uh, currently seven of those and are planning the arrival of the next ones according to anticipated recovery. We have 17 A321 new long range in order as for now, and we plan to potentially order more in the future. This choice of aircraft is by far the best fleet decision we have made in years. It is an aircraft that we will use at full capacity on a year-round basis, and it allows us to put an end to our need for seasonal aircraft, a model that had reached its limit when we imported, imported in the past several narrow, in the past year, several narrow-body aircraft during the winter season. The end of the seasonal fleet will bring an important simplification and stabilization of our operations. Meanwhile, we are renegotiating the financial conditions for all of our aircraft. We are also, of course, renegotiating all other agreements with other suppliers to reduce our our costs across the board. On the customer experience side, we are transforming our value proposition, which will include the adoption and implementation of new health standards that will redefine the way people travel, and the maximum use of digital technologies throughout the customer journey, for which we have strong skills, capabilities, and expertise that have been recognized over the years. Finally, we will drive our ambition to protect the environment and Transat has always been at the forefront in this area in all its activities. In terms of air travel and the carbon, carbon, carbon footprint in particular, we have already worked hard to minimize our fuel consumption. The new A321 Neo Long Range will definitely take us to a new level and with our partnership with the SAF Plus Consortium to source sustainable fuel, we think we're going to be ahead of the game. We are convinced that this matter will become much more important for consumers who have experienced the proximity vacation. So we intend to continue and accelerate our effort and lead the way in the market. I'll stop here. As I said, the plan is ready and solid. Transat has a promising future. We have a committed team, and we are all ready for the next step. Now the transaction is still in progress, so we will communicate the details of what we intend to do and how we intend to do it, and if the context changes in due time. Denis? Thank you, Annick. Uh, good morning, everyone. Um, our first quarter results were significantly impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. As mentioned earlier, the capacity deployed during the quarter was only a fraction of the one of 2020. Q1 results were then as follows. Revenue of $42 million, down from $693 million in 2020, 
an adjusted net loss of $109 million compared with $20 million last year. The adjusted net loss of the quarter included amortization and interest for $57 million, mainly on aircraft leases, and salary for $28 million versus $105 million for the same period last year, or $35 million for every month. Per financial statement, net loss attributable to shareholders was $61 million, compared with 34 in 2020. This includes foreign exchange gain of $33 million, mainly related to the reevaluation of our aircraft lease obligations, as a result of a stronger Canadian dollars versus the US dollars as at January 31st. And again, of disposal of asset of $17 million related to the reversal of liability of three aircraft leases terminated during the quarter and for which related assets were fully depreciated in Q4 2020. Now for our balance sheet, Corporation free cash total $303 million as of January 31st versus $426 million at the end of October. The variance for the quarter was $123 million and represent $41 million per month. The cash used during the quarter was attributable to fixed cost, namely salary, aircraft rents, and also include financing costs, payment of lease termination, and working capital items. Cash and trusts are otherwise reserved, totaled $249 million. The deposit for future travel stood at $573 million, of which travel credit vouchers granted to customers in compensation for flight cancels due to the COVID-19 pandemic amounted to $519 million. Of the total amount of deposit for future travel, an amount of $241 million is held in trust and obviously not included in our free cash of $303 million at the end of January. Long-term debt stood at $50 million and lease liabilities at $853 million, which now includes seven A321 Neo Long Range. Of balance sheet agreements, excluding agreements with supplier, stood at $753 million at the end of January, mainly related to the 10 Airbus A321 Neo to be delivered. We have continued to implement decisive financial measures aimed at preserving our cash. As said in our press release, on February 18, <coughs> we amended our $250 million subordinated short-term credit facility with National Bank of Canada. The facility will now mature on the earlier of end of June, June 30, and the closing of the arrangement with Air Canada. 
Should the transaction not be completed, active efforts are underway to secure long-term financing to cover needs of at least $500 million. They include the financing in the form of LEAF program and could also include extending the current facility. Other forms of support from both levels of governance may also contribute to this financing and possibly allow the reimbursement of travel vouchers. Negotiations with aircraft lessor have also continued as said earlier, and we managed to terminate three aircraft leases during the first quarter of the year. Finally, as you can read in our press release this morning, we will not for now provide any outlook for the remainder of 2021. We will now proceed with your questions. Merci. On débutera maintenant la séance des questions pour les analystes seulement. Si vous désirez enregistrer pour poser une question, vous pouvez appuyer sur 1 sur du 4 sur le téléphone. Vous entendrez alors triple tonalité indiquant que votre question était bien enregistrée. Au cas où votre question a été déjà répondue et vous souhaitez annuler, appuyez sur 1 sur du 3. Thank you. We'll now begin the Q&A session for the analysts only. Again, if you'd like to register a question, you can press the 1 followed by the 4 on your telephone keypad. You hear a three-tone prompt to acknowledge your request. If your question has been answered, to draw your registration is the one followed by the three. One moment, please, for our first question. And the première question vient de Cornard Gupta de Scotiabank. Our first question comes from the line of Cornard Gupta of Scotiabank. Go right ahead. Thanks, Operator, and uh, good morning, everyone. Um, so my first question is on, on the liquidity requirement. Um, so you guys mentioned that uh, you still need at least $500 million for, for this year in liquidity. That has not changed uh, over the last three months, I guess, uh, even though you have suspended flights for uh, for four and a half months, almost until mid-June. Um, so one, I'm confirming, is that correct uh, that the $500 million liquidity remains still the, the need? And if that is the case, is it because uh, you are expecting any other external funding or, or any further fixed cost reduction? Um, so just curious why that amount has not increased. Um, in the uh, in the press release issue and also in, in, in the communication made available this morning, we had the word at least to the 500 then. 500 was evaluated on the basis of the assumption that we were having uh, last December. Now that um, it will probably take a little bit more time before the volume to come back in 2021 um, and uh, pushing the activities uh, to June, we have had the word at least. We're, we're working on obviously updating our assumption like uh, on a constant basis with with the feed uh, with uh, every information that we could get from 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 the outside and depending of the position on customer deposit and everything this is the reason why we had the, the word uh, the, the word at least 500 million dollars okay and that's great danny so basically it means that you 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 might need more than 500 but Whatever the amount you have disclosed in the press release, that is not net of any any external financing you are anticipating. I'm like you still need the financing to support this liquidity requirement, right? It's the total amount, yes. 
Yes, okay, thanks. And the second question uh, on the LEAF uh, program. So um, the, the government discussions, as, as other airlines have suggested recently, it seems like the discussions are progressing well from, uh, from the government side of things uh, for, for sectoral support. Uh, and the LEAF program has been around for quite a long time. Are you, are you considering using the LEAF program because you are not confident that the Canadian government is going to support the airline sector uh, through an aid, or, or the terms may not be as, as favorable, or what's, what's driving you toward the LEAF program here? Okay, uh, the first thing is, um, do we going to have a transaction, yes or no? So the first point is uh, to have an answer about that. As you know, there's some uncertainty about that. It's depend of uh, Air Canada, it's depend of us, it's depend on the uh, European Commission. But we, like we said, uh, everything will be settled uh, before the end of June. And I think with, uh, uh, to be realistic even before that. So part number one. So today we still have uh, officially a uh, transaction with Air Canada. Number, number two, we're working for a long time and we're saying to the shareholders for a long time that we're working on the LEAF program and uh, now we're pushing uh, faster and they are working with us faster to be sure that we're going to have the cash necessary to continue the organization if the deal doesn't go through. We're having discussion also with uh, Avisma Quebec uh, and other parties. Uh, the LEAF program, as you know, is a program that can help a large uh, company if they need uh, money, uh, how do you say that, fast, for a while. This program is not built for the next, uh, it's built for five years, but you know, uh, I think they, they realize and we realize that it's not going to be there for five years. So it's going to be for a, a medium period. Uh, so for us, short term was to bring the 250 million. So this brings us to June. In the meantime, we put leave together if necessary. This could be done by the end of this month, as fast as this, uh, and to be sure that we will be, we will have the cash for the next five years. But really, for us, it's for two or three years maximum. Uh, and the government is still talking about uh, an aid, financial aid, sectorial financial aid. They are talking since November about that. So, and we know that they're talking a little bit with us, they're talking to Air Canada, we know they're talking to all the other airlines, but in the meantime, nothing is happening with that. We're uh, crying, we're asking, and we're, uh, everybody is asking for that. We want to be sure that we have the cash, if the transaction not there. For sure, if there's a financial, sectorial aids, we will be part of it, we will use it, and for sure, like we said, we will reimburse the passenger with that money. Leave program, you don't have to re reimburse the passenger. They accept the credit voucher. So for us, 
if the aid is there, we will be there, we will use it. If there's not there, we will have leave, we continue with the credit voucher with the, uh, with the customers, and the deal is not there, Transat continue on his own, Transat have been there for 42 years, they're gonna be there for the next 10 years, there's no problem about it. We have a, a real good business plan that we're gonna present uh, as soon as we know if there's a transaction and if there's not a transaction. Part number three, there's transaction, finish. We, we, we're talking for nothing. There's no transaction, we got leave. And after that, we will uh, listen to everybody that's in interest to buy Transat again, something that we cannot do today. But if tomorrow, Mr. Pelado is still interesting by Transat, good, Mr. Pelado, come to us, we talk with you, and uh, we do what we have to do. For today, there's still a deal with Air Canada, we're still in the deal, but we want to, you know, everybody's saying we're supposed to have a plan B, a plan C, uh, you know. For sure, we have a plan B, we have a plan C, and uh, and we will do what we have to do in the timing of necessity, necessity and necessary, and we will do it. That's it. Thank you very much. And that's it. Right. No, that, that's particular, Jean-Marc. Yeah, just just want to make sure I, I understand correctly. So if you tap the lease program, uh, will you be required as part of the program to refund the travel vouchers or the lease program does not mandate you to refund tickets? No, we don't refund the tickets with the lease program. Okay, yeah, like that's great. Yeah, okay, no, thank you for that. So, thank you very much. And the question question vient de Kevin Chang, the CIBC. Our next question line, Kevin Chang, with CIBC World Markets. Go right ahead. Good morning, everybody. Uh, thanks for taking my question here. Uh, Denis, I was hoping you could just help with, um, uh, so, so I appreciate the cash burn evolution uh, uh, slide you, you have in your, your presentation deck, you know, down to an average of $41 million, um, uh, in the, the most recent quarter, but just just wondering what that would look like now, given you, you, you're effectively uh, you know at, at, at zero revenue. Is, is is 41 still a good number, or, or has, it seems like you've been able to kind of squeeze out more savings every quarter as as you as we as we've uh, you know pushed through this pandemic longer than we'd we'd all hoped uh, you know a year ago. Um. I would say, looking back since uh, since the beginning of the pandemic, looking at uh, last summer quarter three, quarter number three and the fourth one, we were at around 50. This quarter we're at around 40. Uh, this amount come from um, fixed costs, and this consider the contraction of fixed cost. Uh, everything we could do but also include some element of working capital, paying invoices to supplier, paying deferred amount that we have obtained over time, then it varies a little. But I think using the proxy of, of the 40 to $50 million 
we should not be very far from this uh, at the end of the second quarter. Will it be, you know, 50, 48, 53? Um, but I expect we will be around this. Okay, that's uh, that, 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 that that's great color. And then, and then, you know, I'm not sure who. I guess maybe this goes to Jean-Marc. I, I know, I, I know, you can't co comment specifically on 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 the EU uh, process here, but but I guess the stop the clock has been a lot longer than than I think any of us had anticipated. I, I'm not, I'm not sure if you can provide any color in terms of um, uh, you know what the EU was looking at, or you know a sense of you know how far along they are in their in their due diligence process, uh, if you're able to quantify that, just just wondering if, if 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 there's a way to kind of frame why they're taking as long as they are uh, during the stop the clock process than, than maybe we would have thought a few months ago. I am origin European, uh, so I think it's because they're European. It takes time <laughs> in Europe to do something, I suppose. Uh, different from America, so that's why I moved from Europe to Canada. I suppose that's the reason. I, I cannot talk about the European Commission. Excuse me, okay. I make a joke. I, it's a joke. No, that's uh, I, 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 I get what you're saying. Um, and, and then maybe Denny, just a couple of housekeeping items in, in terms of uh, um, how we should think about the second quarter here. You know, your aircraft rents were, were nil. In the first quarter, is, is that kind of what we should assume for the second quarter, given the lack of flying and I suspect some of the deferrals you have with your lessors? Uh, and then, I guess maybe surprising to me, you, you didn't have any income tax recovery, despite you know just despite revenue being down so much. Just how should we think about that tax line uh, in the second quarter here? You know, which will be another challenging quarter for you. Um, to your first question for the rent. Um, now with the implementation of IFRS, short-term lease are presented on the line rent, and we do not have any more short-term lease. That's the reason why you see zero. All okay. other commitment on aircraft for our fleet, A321, A330, are now presented in on the balance sheet in, in, in like an, an asset and a liability. And to the PNL, you'll see the expense in amortization and interest that we still have to face. And in, in the PNL, you still see amortization and interest. On the balance sheet side, if we are successful in pushing to a later date some of the payment, the impact on the cash uh, will appear there. But on the PNL, you will not see that because the expense is the, is the, uh, is the expense. As for tax, because of the huge losses made in 2020, uh, a conclusion was made that um, no, um, we, we, we just could not um, uh, account for the benefit of having uh, income tax recoverable in the future. Obviously, it's there as soon as we become profitable again, we'll be able to apply those losses to profitability generated in the future, and we will not have to pay or to account uh, for, for, for the, uh, anything for the income tax, but it's not recognized on the balance sheet and in the P&L because of the situation where, where we're in. 
So can I just ask a clarification? Uh, you convert to IFRS 16 and like like the fiscal 2020 um, results would have included IFRS 16. Would they not have? Having what you said? Like the, 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 the IFRS 16 impact on your yes. aircraft rent line or your rent. Yep. Actually, maybe I should just call it the rental line. That would have yep. been in your last year's estimates as well, too. So, so if I look at, like, for example, Q2 of 2020, for example, you were running 50 million, which was, you know, significantly below what you did in 2019 because of the conversion of IFRS. Is, is that is that line number now now uh, you know nil going forward like the, the like uh, the, the, that uh, that there's no delayed payments there related to you know um, the impact of the pandemic because I would have thought you know that the 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 15 million in rental expenses you saw in the second quarter of fiscal 2020 would have already accounted for the IFRS 16 uh, adjustment. I can take this offline if if if, if, if it's easier. Okay, yeah, let's take it because offline. Because uh, as you as you remember, we uh, we uh, apply in fact recently the, the new IFRS rule, and we decided to adjust our numbers, our past numbers, in order to help for the comparison between quarters and be, between period. Now everything is is. Uh, uh, um, um, for 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 all leases, we apply the IFRS 16 rules because it's all has to be done, and okay. uh, and uh, and the only small amount that could have been there uh, on the lease side was for the very short-term lease, and we don't carry any more than uh, that's the reason why it's zero. It, it, it's not okay. easy to compare. Okay. No, I might have missed something in a restatement. That, that that's helpful. Thank you very much. Thank you. And the prochain question will be Mona Nazir with Laurentian Bank. Our next question line with Mona Nazir with Laurentian Bank Securities. Go right ahead. Good morning, and thank you for taking my questions. Um, in comparison to prior period calls, I'm just wondering, looking at your comments today. Um, versus previously, I think on the uh, December call, the Air Canada transaction was seemingly the only unfavorable option. And today there were a number of comments speaking about Plan B, um, referencing seeing a light at the end of the tunnel with or without Air Canada. I'm just wondering if you could speak about the change in tone, if I'm reading correctly. Is it really due to the deadline having been passed um, and the ability of the two parties to walk away? Is it because as vaccination ramps up, you're seeing a potential return in activity in the back half of the year? Or really, are you still, you know, Air Canada transaction is um, your favorable option, but you're just satisfying stakeholders as you discuss alternative options, Jean-Marc, as you just addressed? Um, but before that, uh, last quarter, I was uh, maybe uh, not uh, saying strong enough. But already we we don't know, you know, we, with the uh, with the European Commission, you know, waiting and asking questions and asking more questions and and this and that, you know, uh, it takes so long time that at one point, one parties or the two parties could say, listen, we will never go through that, and uh, we will do what we have to do. So today, both parties didn't decide, did not decide to say, okay, 
Thank you very much. Good luck, my friend. Do what you have to do. But it's something that can happen. So that's why we were working. We are working with the LEAF program for a few months already. But now we go faster because we're saying to ourselves, we cannot continue to be in the, you know, nimble, you said in English, to, uh, to be uh, one side, the other side, uh, you know, something can happen tomorrow. So we want to be sure that we will be ready for anything that happens. And as you saw, a lot of people and some of our shareholders and some of our important shareholders said, we hope that Transat's got a plan B. For sure, we had always a plan B, you know, until the transaction is not finished and you didn't receive the check. And for me, even if you say the transaction is okay, but you don't receive the cash, uh, it doesn't mean anything for me. So at the end of the day, we said, okay, now we're going to be more clear with everybody saying that we have a plan B and a plan C, and we're going to do what we have to do. That's it. So it's clear. So, uh, you know, uh, call the European Commission for me and tell them, you know, uh, to go a little bit faster. I will be very happy. But anyways, and uh, so we will do what we have to do. So it's clear. And Transat will be there stronger than ever because we have the right, right uh, plane, the people of Transat, they love Transat. Our customers love Transat. Even if sometime uh, when something happened in Ottawa, they hate us, but it's short term. And, uh, and at the end of the day, uh, you know, we will be there at, 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 at stronger than ever. Why? We are used to have four types of planes. We're going to have two types of planes. The same pilot can... Uh, can uh, drive a, a plane of Airbus 321 or an Airbus 330. It's going to be the same pilot. Uh, on the other side, we all know all the um, all the markets, all the analysis, all the studies in the market are saying the first people that they come back to travel, number one, VFR. Number two, tourism. Number three, uh, business people. We are in the VFR market. It's our first market and tourism. So Transat will have the first, and we have the right type of product, the right type of plane. You know how are you gonna you how are you gonna work with plane triple seven seven eight seven? You know with with uh, a class of business class of 80 seats, you know, there will be nobody in those planes. All the people will be in the back of the bus. Transat got 12 big seats, and the rest, it's normal seats for normal people. And we are in that business. So we're ready, ready, ready to go as soon as something happens. But we will not wait another six months, to be clear. If we have to take a decision at one point, we will take the decision. So it's clear like that for us. No, that's great. Your comments and explanation are very much appreciated and make sense. I appreciate the color and the context. Um, and just secondly, perhaps um, for Denis, um, you know, you've had 
significant success at reducing the cost base. Denny, you just spoke about a baseline level of burn, and you've told multiple, multiple drivers to get to the position that you're in right now. I'm just wondering, once we start to see a pickup in activity, call it Q3, call it Q4, um, can we expect to see an immediate um, increase in OPEX right away? I'm just wondering how operations and the P&L will look um, once we have this kind of new normal. I think we could expect to have to invest some some amount, like you know, in in the restart of, of the operation. On the other hand, uh, we should expect to have some help com coming from the working capital, um, because as you could appreciate, looking at our balance sheet, looking at our accounts payable, are very very low, and normally a company like us get some benefit. Or, or cash coming from 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 the situation where we're getting the cash from customer before departure, paying the supplier after. Then, uh, and I expect this portion to be a lot more uh, important and positive than the investment to uh, to uh, restart the business. Then, um, cost of restarting the business will mainly be uh, included on the P&L, but uh, again more. Of more than compensated on the balance sheet on, and cash-wise by by the benefit of recovering um, uh, the uh, attribute coming from the uh, working capital. Then this is how we see it. How we see it. We think that to 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 what Annick was saying earlier that the restart we have assumed here that it will be progressive and we are we are adjusting. Our, our, our fleet in order to be able to manage that and, and, and the same for, for our, uh, our employees then. We're just, uh, um, we're, we're ready and, and, uh, and we just want to restart the engine again. Thank you so much, I appreciate it. Thank you. And the question question will be on the line to Tim James of TD. Our next question on the line to Tim James with TD Securities. Go right ahead. Um, thanks. Uh, good morning. Um, I'm just wondering if you feel uh, there's any chance that the travel restrictions uh, to the Caribbean could actually, or the lifting of those restrictions could actually be pulled forward at all, um, depending on the trajectory of cases. Um, and, and if that were to happen and, and thinking about your kind of mid-June restart plans, how able is the business to actually pull forward uh, the start of operations if, if conditions justify it? Well, at this point, uh, what has been communicated is that the restrictions would remain until the end of um, of April, this is what was requested from the different uh, carriers in Canada. Uh, we don't know if the, the restrictions at the borders will be lifted after that or if they will remain. So we plan to operate as of uh, mid-June. However, this could be reviewed depending on several factors on the restrictions, on the vaccination process, as well as on the um, coordination between countries on how 
uh, travel will be managed uh, moving forward, establishing protocol and standards that will allow people to travel from one country to the other or from one zone to the other. So we're all waiting to better uh, to receive more feedback on how this is going to work. But uh, in a nutshell, to quickly uh, give you an answer, uh, we are exactly doing what we've been doing over uh, the last year. We plan different scenarios. We adapt. We don't know if it's, we're going to be able to operate. What's really important at this point is to be ready uh, in an efficient manner to add or cut capacity in a short period of time. Thank you, Annie. Um, one one more question. Um, just thinking out over, you know, the time that this this takes to recover. Let's call it two or three years. Do you see any difference in terms of the proportion of capacity that may be used in the domestic market versus the international markets? I'm, I'm lumping U.S. and international together. I mean, look back historically, you've been doing some connectivity domestically to help facilitate international travel. Um, just given that you know the domestic market probably is is going to recover more quickly, do you anticipate a higher proportion of capacity relative to total capacity at Transat will be in the domestic market as the recovery kind of uh, gathers momentum over again whatever time frame that might be two to three years? Certainly, in the short term. Uh, again, there's still a lot of uncertainty in the market. We plan, in terms of uh, at high level, we plan a return of, uh, to the 2019 levels around 2024. Again, this is how we see it today. It could change for if uh, vaccination process picks up, if uh, restrictions are removed. Uh, we know that leisure and VFR will be the first to travel, and we know as well that the, U the domestic market followed by the U.S. transborder market and then a short-haul market as well to international. Uh, so we will, our plan is designed, our program is designed to be able to capture this demand in time and, and this is why the domestic market and the, uh, the transborder market in the short term will be one of our priorities. And as we move along in the upcoming years, as I described earlier, our network has been fully redesigned to be able to get a better balance between long haul and medium haul routes to be able to increase aircraft utilization and reduce seasonality as well. So this is something that we are tracking uh, on a, I would say on a daily basis, making sure that we adapt, that we capture what needs to be captured and be up in the air as soon as we can. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. Any other questions at We have no more questions on the line. Please continue with any closing remarks.
So thank you everyone. Uh, there's no additional closing remarks. Let me just remind you that our second quarter results will be released on June the 11th of 2021. Thank you and have a great day. Thank you. Thank you. Et cela conclut la conférence téléphonique d'aujourd'hui. Nous remercions de votre participation. Nous vous demandons maintenant raccrocher. Merci beaucoup et passez une bonne journée. Thank you. That does conclude the conference call for today. We thank you for your participation. Please disconnect your lines. Have a good day, everyone. Doctors take field of greens for their own health. Here's Dr. Ryan Green to explain. We're like you. Too much fast food, not enough exercise. That's why I take field of greens. The fruits and vegetables in Field of Greens support my heart, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism for weight loss. And Field of Greens promises your doctor will notice your improved health or your money back. Get 15% off with promo code HEALTH at fieldofgreens.com. That's promo code HEALTH at fieldofgreens.com. Product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.